Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning, Jamie. It's always great to see you. Thank um, you. Did you get a chance to hear our interview with Mark Kelly this morning? No, I did not. I wow. did not. It was really packed full of information. Actually, it got cut off early, but before uh, it did, we got a lot of stuff from him on the border, on the semiconductor plant, and other things. Is so. he gonna is he gonna travel with the president when he's here? No, actually they're in session and he can't oh. get out of DC, which I'm sure he's disappointed because he was behind the chips act. Yeah. You know, and is a huge supporter of the semiconductor industry in Arizona. So I'm sure he's sorry to be missing it. Yeah, I'm sure he is. And it's interesting. I'll have to go back and listen. And uh, thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. And good morning, everyone. As we uh, roll into our Thursday, we are going to start with the economy and the CHIPS Act and what we have here in Arizona. I've talked often about uh, intentional growth and the way things are done, and we'll get to some of that. But what's impeding growth in some areas is now the way the Federal Reserve is uh, raising interest rates and slowing down the economy. It is going to cost jobs. We're going to get to some of the companies that are continuing layoffs or starting layoffs. But I want you to hear the Federal Reserve Chairman. Uh, This is uh, Jerome Powell talking about inflation and how they think it could even fall. Housing services inflation will probably keep rising well into next year, but if inflation on new leases continues to fall, we will likely see housing services inflation begin to fall later next year. Which is a good, which is good news. If we could, if we see that um, happen, that would be a good thing. If they had, uh, if we could get inflation to go down. But the problem is, what is the sacrifice? The company DoorDash laying off some of its executive staff. They're laying off about uh, over a thousand people, twelve hundred fifty to be precise, in an attempt to uh, lower expenses. And we know that employers are try are struggling right now as well. Um, CNN, for whatever reason, the ratings are in the tank. But CNN laying off a bunch of people as well. Now, could that be because of poor performance? Could it be because of some of the mistakes they made with their delivery and their startup of the app and, and what costs money? Or is it an economic decision? Or is it a combination of all of the above? One of the things that I want, or I would hope that we all would want, is financial success. Again, I don't agree with the policies of this administration. I look at the, I look at conflicting policies on the economy, Arizona and what it's doing, because I live here. Other states are doing it as well, but specifically Arizona and how we've done things over the last few years and the position we're in. And we went through COVID like everybody else did. We had shutdowns like everybody else did. We did a lot of things the rest of the country did. And yet Arizona is much better positioned to survive a, a recession if one happens. Arizona has seen a huge budget surplus in spite of tax cuts, which I say in spite of that because many people think when you cut taxes, you're going to reduce revenue into the treasury. That's not necessarily the case. And so Arizona, there's a good defense to be made for the way Arizona's done business. Diversifying the economy, making it more business friendly. The old adage that we tax what we want less of, we subsidize what we want more of, and then people get upset when we play nice in the sandbox with big business. Well, if you look at the industries, you look at that chip plant that's going in at the 303 and the I-17, you look at just that complex itself. I think, was it $12 billion or something to build that? They're going to be building another chip plant on that property. But do you take a look at all of the people for years and years and years that I used to live up in that part of town for quite a while, and you look at the people that have lived up there, and then you look where the 303 was cut through up there so it kind of parallels Lake Pleasant Road, and it goes all the way out to the 60, and then around the 303 continues on um, to intersect with the 10 out in the West Valley. And you look at when that went in and what happened where property values started to increase. Do you have any idea what property values are doing now in that part of the state? And so that, to me, is one of the biggest issues with all of this.
is you have to look at what works. The idea of we're going to punish wealthy people. Well, wealthy people are the job creators. We all want to work for someone wealthy. I always have. Have you ever worked for someone that didn't have money? I have. I've worked for someone who didn't have money. I worked it's only once, only one time. That's not true. Twice. I worked for a restaurant when I was a young kid uh, called the Banana Boat. I worked at the Banana Boat, and uh, they went out of business, and they didn't pay their employees. I went in, and I was like 13 years old. I went in and asked for my money, and they said, no one's getting paid. And I said, I'm getting paid. I said, I'm going to go straight to the TV station, and you guys can explain to a TV station why you're not paying a 13-year-old that's on your payroll. And they actually, guy actually paid me in cash. Um, so, And I worked for a company as an electrician that we used to joke about on Fridays when you everybody got a paycheck as opposed to direct deposit, that we all would race to the bank when we got paid on Fridays because we did not want to get there late because there were weeks when there wasn't enough money to cover payroll in their account. So I, we've all, I shouldn't say we all, I've worked for places like that. Trust me, I would much rather work for someone that's got plenty of money. I want my boss to know that I'm part of the profit that his or her company is enjoying, that I'm something that's creating profit for the company. I like job security. I like knowing that I'm going to have a job, that they're, they're making sure that they take care of me because they know that I take care of them. But I also want to make sure that if I need something fixed or I need a new tool or I need something done, that they have the money to make those repairs. You know, and I know it sounds silly to the people that have never been in the, in the construction industry, but driving around in an old beat up truck where the AC doesn't work or it, it breaks down all the time or you got to constantly, it's overheating, whatever it is, is a nightmare. Having a, a, a vehicle that you can get in that's clean and that's operational, having one where the tires need to be changed, it's safe. They work on the brakes. They make sure they maintain their vehicles. That's not important to somebody in the field. When you have the tools you need to be most efficient at the job, it's not just for, you know, the boss. Efficiency is, doesn't just help the boss. It helps you. It makes your job easier when you have the proper tools. And we all want to work for someone that has that. Jerome Powell talking about raising interest rates and talking about inflation and saying, you know, we didn't know that nobody knew that inflation was going to get so high. That isn't true. There is. There are so many economists that have been predicting this. If you remember, the, the, the argument going on with the White House was about in, the impending doom of inflation, where the White House was the one denying it, but everybody else was saying it to them. And they said it's going to be transitory, it's going to be a short little spike, and then it's going to drop off. They've been wrong. And there's nothing wrong with... with <sighs> Everybody makes mistakes. It's how you respond. And that White House has not responded appropriately. The Federal Reserve is playing catch-up. They responded too slowly, too um, inefficiently. They didn't do it in the right time frame. They didn't do enough things in the beginning. And it's it's like having – I know this is horrible, horrible analogy, but it's – talk to someone who is a cancer survivor. The earlier you catch it, the less invasive the treatment has to be. That would be the same, I would think, with just about any you know, major illness, but especially with cancer. The, the reason why they tell people to get screened and keep an eye on things, especially if you're at high risk and as you get older, is because the earlier they catch it, the less invasive the treatment has to be. So here in Arizona, look at what we've done compared to what's going on in Washington, D.C. We still have the argument from those in D.C. And, and it works out in the states where these people represent um, when they say that um, 
the rich need to pay their fair share. So they, they have this upside down tax code where not only are you paying more because you make more, but you're also paying a much higher percentage. And that is just, it's punishment, but it also punishes the working class. There's a reason why you get really, really good benefits in a government job. And there are a lot of employers who can't compete with those kinds of benefits. There's a reason why they can't. Because the government is confiscating so much of their wealth, they're not able to care for their employees like the government can. The government just raises taxes. They continue to take the best out of the out of the uh, working, you know, public and bringing them into um, government jobs. Great pension plans, sick days, great health care, you know, but it's easier to do when you're confiscating somebody else's wealth. Small business owners that I know, and I was one myself, small business owners, by and large, want to take good care of their employees. They, they're almost a part of their extended family. It breaks their heart to have to lay people off. They would love to be able to have a big benefit program where they could entice people to come to work for their company, but also to take care of the existing employees. There are just many times that they can't. I was at a I was at a meeting when the former vice president, um, Mike Pence, was in town promoting tax cuts for the Trump administration. And I'll never forget the small business owners that would were explaining what they would do if they were to get a tax cut, which they got. And they all ended up doing what they said they would do. But it was such a diverse um amount of ideas and all of it was reinvestment in their company. Um, a, a mechanic and his wife, they said that they would expand their business. They would buy more diagnostic equipment, open up more bays and hire more mechanics, buy better tools. There was a dentist who said, you know, I rely on the insurance industry and they dictate how much they pay out. So I can't control the cost of things, of material, and I can't, I can't control what my reimbursement from insurance is. I can't control those two things. The only thing I can control is what I pay people, and my employees deserve a raise. So if I were to get this tax cut, I would use that money to give my existing employees a well-deserved raise. And that is what small business owners, and even though they are doctors, they are a small business, and this is the kind of thing that they face every day. So inflation crushes them, and then they're facing higher taxes. Here in Arizona, we've eased the tax burden on businesses. We've made it more business-friendly, and you look at the atmosphere we've created. We're, we are going to be a hub for the chip industry. This is going to be huge for us. And I just hope that people realize that this is this is these are great days for Arizona and its economy. And I hope it stays that way moving forward. What we're going to do in a moment is we're going to shift to a conversation we've continued to have, which is about Cochise County and the not certifying the votes. National stories talking about the possibility of losing a House seat if they don't certify the election. What are the ramifications of not certifying? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show this morning. 
Um, we've got to talk about the election and what happened, uh, what's happening in Cochise County. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a friend yesterday about what's going on with the elections. There are many people that think we have problems with our elections. There's a big difference between problems and cheating. I don't know that people cheated. I do know that there are big issues. But uh, there's been a lot of talk of, uh, of, of Cochise County, two of the three supervisors, um, the two Republicans not certifying the election. Now the courts are involved. I want you to hear uh, Peggy Judge. She is a supervisor from uh, from Cochise County talking about certifying. Certify the election by the due date, which is today, and then we move forward. Okay, but Tom Crosby, a Republican, had this to say. It is of higher consequence to make sure that we have good, accurate elections with accurate, certified machines. And there is doubt in my mind whether the machines are certified. I'm going to get to that in a minute because he goes on. He says more about the voting machines. This meeting agenda should have provided for an interaction between subject matter experts on voting machines and representatives of the Secretary of State's office. So here's where the problem lies with me. I mentioned this yesterday, and I mentioned the day before. I've been talking about it all week. If you had problems with the certification of the machines, why didn't you do something about it beforehand? This is where the problems lie. Because what you're going to do, what will happen if they don't certify this, 47,000 votes end up not counting toward the final tally. Juan Siscomani, a Republican who won the, uh, the uh, congressional race there, he would lose. Which would mean the Democrat would take the seat. So, and again, it doesn't necessarily matter party here because, it, you know, you have somebody that's winning the race that would lose it if the county doesn't certify the elections. Um, what would it do to the superintendent of public instructions race, which is pretty close? I think it was around 8,000 votes total. Um, would Tom Horn lose that race? Would that go back to being Kathy Hoffman as the winner, the incumbent Democrat staying in there? Now, again, it, it does. It matters for my pr- purposes because I'm a re- registered Republican that I want to see the Republicans remain victorious. But in the end, you've got if the votes are counted, if the votes are, are uh, certified, then you see these people that have already been declared winners continue to win. If you don't certify, they lose. But the bigger issue for me with this is why in the world didn't these two supervisors, the two Republicans in the county, why didn't they raise these questions of certification before the election? Doing it after the election, now you've gotten yourself in a big bind. Why wouldn't you go to court? Why wouldn't you go to the secretary of state's office? Why wouldn't you go to the media and say, we don't believe that these machines have been properly certified. We want proof that they've been certified. We want to hear from the secretary of state's office or we will not put one ballot through those machines until we are sure that these are operational and that these are certified. That's what you do now. To the credit of some that are uh, that are election deniers, what I mean to the credit of being consistent, um, I, I interviewed Kerry Lake for Clean Elections. I interviewed Kerry Lake many times, and Kerry Lake has been consistent in saying she does not like voting machines. She doesn't trust voting machines. She's been consistent in saying that throughout her campaign and after. I don't. I don't agree. I agree. I don't agree that the voting machines are inconsistent. I don't believe that the voting machines are rigged. That's just not my personal belief. But she's been consistent and outspoken about this from the very beginning. And they may have been outspoken about it in Cochise County. But if you're in charge of elections like the Board of Supervisors is, you have the ability – 
to handle the elections the way you want. If there's two out of three that agree on this, why didn't they do something before they put one ballot through the machines? Because now it looks like A, sour grapes, and B, you put yourself in legal trouble. You are in violation of the law. And that's the part of it that's frustrating is that you're violating the law, that the election is going to be certified with or without you. But the voters in Cochise County now could be responsible if these aren't counted. Your supervisors could be responsible in the United States. What is it? A seven seat majority with the new election that's happened for Republicans. I think they have a seven seat majority in the House. Well, now it'll be six. You may see the superintendent of public instruction where the people in Arizona have spoken. And if these 47,000 votes are not counted, could flip that race. It would also, uh, uh, I would guess, it would also make the Abe Hamaday race much harder for him to catch up because you would have to guess that the majority of voters in, in, in Cochise County voted for Abe Hamaday. So... <sighs> Complaining after the fact, that's where there's an issue. If you complain beforehand, if you raise the issue ahead of time and you say, we don't trust these machines, we don't think that these machines work, we believe these machines are faulty or rigged or have been compromised, and we want proof from the Secretary of State's office, or we will not be running any ballots through this machine. I want you to know that. We are not going to run any ballots through these machines. Now you've got a case. And whether or not they provide proof, then there's a whole different conversation that goes on. But when you do it after the fact, you haven't done your job. And I I don't mean any disrespect by that, but that's what's happening. You have not done your job. Because now you're coming in after the fact, after the votes were counted, and you're saying, I don't believe these machines are accurate. Well, then why didn't you stand up and beforehand? Because you're in violation of the law now. If they said you were in violation of the law, then you're still violating the law before the problems happen. Now, if they were to do a hand count of these votes at the end, and then what what happens? I'm just going to throw this out there. What happens if when it's all said and done, the votes get certified, but just to prove a point, the Secretary of State's office or whoever is in charge, I would guess it would be the Secretary of State's office, if they were to say, okay, we are going to spend the money and have a bipartisan group of people take a big sample. We're going to take 10% of the ballots. We're going to take 4,700 ballots, and we're going to hand count them. And we're going to see. We're going to see how many faults there are with 4,700 ballots. And if there aren't any, we're done. If there are, we'll go further. And let's see how inaccurate those machines are. Would that solve the problem in the minds of some? And I will submit to you that there are people out there that will never be satisfied that if they haven't won the election, they believe that it was stolen. We have to focus on the problems. In Maricopa County, there's no doubt that things need to be fixed, that, that we should never have those problems ever again. No doubt. But the idea that the machines are rigged and cheated and they've been connected to the Internet when it's been proven over and over again that they never were, those rumors have to stop because it takes away from fixing the real issues we have with elections. All right, coming up in a moment, we've got Steve Zinsmeister in for Gatos, and it's the BQ poll question of the day, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. In for Gato, Steve Zinsmeister. Welcome, Steve. 
Oh, Mike, you're going to hate this Skatos Big Q poll question. I can feel it already. Okay. Oh, great. Thanks. Looking forward it's to brought, it. It's brought to you by Valley Toyota dealers. Here's the question. With an increase in COVID cases, the Arizona Department of Health Services is recommending wearing a mask indoors. Okay. Will you follow the recommendation? What Your do you answer think? choices are yes, no, or heck no. And I have a feeling I know how you feel about this. Yeah, well, my, my, mine wasn't going to start with the letter H when I said no, but yeah, you're right. I, no's the answer for me. Here's the thing. You know, we've had conversations about this. You work with a hypochondriac named Gatos, and um, I so I get that. But I've been vaccinated. I've been boosted. I've done everything they asked me to do, um, and I think I've had COVID, so I've got the antibodies. I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah, I think, too, when you're like a doctor or these people from the Arizona Department of Health Services, I think it's probably in your best interest to just always recommend that people be as careful as possible, uh, because what's the downside of them making the recommendation? But I think they don't honestly expect everyone to go back to wearing masks indoors everywhere they go. Yeah, I can't imagine that they that that's going to happen. I, I think that, you know, and there will be some that do. And again, I don't mind that people wear them. It's not, I don't have it's not a political thing for me that, you know, that no. it's. If you want to wear a mask, if you're more comfortable in a mask, God bless you. I think you should do what makes you feel safer. I'm just I'm just not going to be one of them. Everybody needs to make their own decisions for their own health and for their own families and themselves. And whatever they choose to do, right. I'm totally behind. It. I just wish it wasn't so political. I know. I know. It. All right. Well, Steve, great job. Great question. I appreciate it. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. That's Zinsmeister and the BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Go to KTAR.com. You can weigh in there and vote and you can see how others have voted as well. Coming up just after nine o'clock, what are culture wars doing to public schools? There is a big story that was written about culture war school principals saying that it's been damaging in schools and a story that is just heartbreaking of a student attacking a teacher. We'll get to all of it coming up in a few moments.